At the turn of the century, the pioneering anthropologist and sociologist Emile Durkheim traveled to the South Sea Islands to study religion in what was seen as then in its most primitive forms. One of the important things that he learned uh, through this and through other experiences is that the primary purpose of religion in early societies was not only to put individual people in touch with God, but also to put them in touch, to connect them with one another. Harold Kushner, Rabbi Harold Kushner, much later than Durkheim, shared the same thoughts when he wrote in Who Needs God? There are events in each of our lives which we don't want to have to face alone. Joyous things like birth or marriage of a child, sad things like the loss of a parent, frightening things like war or natural disaster. Religion teaches us to face them in the company of others. Durkheim, Kushner, and people throughout the ages have tried to get across the point that with God and with each other, we can face whatever we need to face in this life. Jesus understood this when he called his disciples together in that upper room for the Last Supper. And this has been a call that has echoed down through the centuries and across the world to Christians at all times and in all places. Gather in community. This is what it means to be a Christian. It was never intended, the Christian life, to be an individual sort of thing. An inward-looking thing. Not even as one church, but as part of a Christian community that stretches across the world. Now this isn't an easy task that's before us. Because we are, by nature, in a way, self-centered people. And this starts at a young age. I can remember when our sons were three or so. They believed, I'm sure, and probably we helped them believe, that they were the center of the universe. That every game they played, they should win that every present that was given was meant for them, that uh, every parent that took one of their friends home were certainly plotting against them in taking that friendly friend away. The challenge, of course, for us is that this is a hard thing for us to grow out of, this sort of self-centered, self-focused mindset and heart set. So it's natural when you're three or so, perhaps. But what happens for us as slightly older people when we continue to have a hard time allowing others, especially we, people we don't know or people who are different from us, to be a part of our world, to be a part of our thoughts, of our prayer and our care. And yet God asks so much more than us than even just that. 
In the passage from Acts this morning, from that 17th chapter, Paul approaches the people of Athens who, like so many people today, were searching for anything to satisfy that spiritual yearning that they feel within them. Each of us, to a degree, I think, have our temple to an unknown God like those people of Athens. You know people like I do, I'm sure, who are looking for something, who latch onto whatever the newest spiritual fad is in order to find fulfillment or some sort of wholeness in their lives. Paul in this passage says, look no farther. Paul said, God is not far from each of us, not in just us, but in each and in all of us, that we are God's children. In God, we live and we move and we have our being. Think about what that means, living and moving and having our being as God's children. Apart from God, what are we? But it's also important to remember, apart from each other, who are we? Individually and nationally, we strive to maintain power any way we can. We strive to maintain ourselves at the center of our universe any way we can to find ourselves on the top instead of at our place at the table. And at its worst, this leads individuals and it leads nations to commit unspeakable violence. We need to commit ourselves politically, societally, and spiritually to move beyond what I think Job would have called worldly wisdom to God's sort of wisdom. Worldly wisdom that tries to tell us you need to be in control. You need to be at the top. You need to think about yourself. A self-centered, self-focused, self-satisfying, self-annihilating, in a way, drive that we have inside us. And instead, to a different wisdom where we are not at the center of the universe, when we believe and know that God is, and the God we know is a God who has made us to be in communion, We gather for communion, as we do today, in search of community. For what it means to be responsible community, both close to home and around the globe. You know, when Jesus, I believe when Jesus gathered those first disciples around that first table, his idea was bigger than just them. He had a big idea that went far beyond that included all people everywhere. 
We need to be a people that think beyond just us, however we define us, to recognize the idea that Jesus had in a communion that included the broadest sense of community. So this World Communion Sunday, as we gather for communion in a few moments, remember that you come to this time of communion not alone. That yes, you come, as I said with the children earlier, to commune with Christ, a living God, to understand your fundamental, fundamental and intimate relationship with Christ, with a God with you in which you have your being. But also you come to communion in the presence of that person of God that shares in communion with you. And I don't just mean the people of God that happen to be, fortunately, at this place at this time. I hope you feel the presence of the person of God that shares in communion with you today, somewhere in Roseburg, Oregon, somewhere in Charleston, South Carolina, somewhere in Newtown, Connecticut, somewhere in Boston or any other city around this country where violence has reared its head, where unspeakable acts have been done, where broken people gather as people of God in communion today. Wanting to understand what it means to live in community. We cannot go on feeling like somehow we are separate and distinct and individuals in the world we live in. and feel that closer to home, I hope when you share in communion this morning that you feel the presence of that person from the outdoor church who shares in communion with you today. I hope you'll feel the presence of those people somewhere who are sharing in communion together today who are part of our support groups that meet in this church, Alcoholics Anonymous or Narcotics Anonymous or the Transgender Support Group. all part of the community that call, God calls us to. I hope you'll feel yourself in the presence of that person when you share in communion together today from Nicaragua or Zimbabwe or Mexico or Haiti or somewhere, anywhere across the world in Tonga. Because Christ has an idea for you. But Christ also has an idea for what it means to be you in community. In the community of this church, in the community, in the city or town you live in, in the community that, that is our nation, in the community that is our world. What does it mean to be you in your community? And if we're wise enough, 
not worldly wise, but wise in the wisdom that God would place in our hearts and in our minds and in our souls. Then leave from this time of communion, recognizing that spirit of God that lives within you and within us all, that binds us together and prepares us better than anything else can prepare us to bring change into our world, to bring change into our nation, to bring change into our communities, and to bring change to ourselves. What does it mean to be you in community? Let us pray. Gracious and loving God, we come together seeking and searching. We come together sitting beside people different than us. and yet connected in ministry. We live beside people different from us. We are a nation that exists beside other nations different than us. And you, you call us to a depth of wisdom that might lead us to see beyond what divides us to that light that unites us all. May we use that light to bring peace into our world. May we lead, use that light to bring peace into our individual lives. So that your light might shine through us, and so others can feel. We pray these prayers in Jesus' name. Amen. And now we join together in page 620 in that hymn, One Bread, One Body.